when we're filling our days with a bunch of things, we're not only hurting ourselves in that moment by not going after the things that's actually going to move us forward and actually make us feel proud, but we're instead filling our days with a bunch of things that later our brain's just going to delete and beat ourselves up for the one to 40,000 things that we did not do that are actually going to move us forward. I hope this is making sense because this is some big kahuna stuff. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker Podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. I've been really excited all week to talk about this because this is a really big conversation that people aren't talking about. And in fact, I'd almost say that they're talking about the exact opposite. And that is right now, we're going to be discussing today how high achievers procrastinate. This is a community of high achieving perfectionists. Every single one of you I've either talked to or met with have been very high achievers, which I think is a beautiful thing. You guys have big dreams, big goals, and big aspirations for yourself. And almost every single person I've met with has said something along the lines of, but I just don't understand why I'm not achieving my goals. And this is the reason why today, what we're talking about. So a lot of people don't think that high achievers procrastinate and um, Lord, are they mistaken because actually, well, recently I had a reel go viral or at least viral for me. We got about 13.2 or 3000 views, which was awesome, but it made me really start to think about things. And I'm going to describe the reel to you, which is probably one of the most boring things on the face of the planet, but it's super short. The prompt for the reel was, tell me something that you wish more people understood. And so I wrote, high achievers procrastinate by frantically filling their time with little tasks that don't move them forward rather than doing the big, scary tasks that would actually help them achieve their goals. And let me tell you, I got messages from you all saying, oh my God, that's so me. How did you know? Wow, you're so calling me out. Oh my God, I feel attacked. Like all of these different things. And it made me start thinking, it's like, wow, we really don't understand that high achievers and procrastination actually goes a lot more hand in hand than we think it does. So we're going to sit here and talk about it today. And more importantly, I forgot exactly how many steps I have in this, but uh, five, five steps of how to get out of it. At least how I used these five steps to get out of it because I lived this for so long. I have always been a very high achiever. If you've took, 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 and let's try that again. If you've taken my, what type of perfectionist are you quiz? Um, a lot of people get procrastinator and they're like, I don't understand. I'm a really high achiever. Shouldn't I have gotten overachiever? And the truth is procrastinator and overachiever are not that different. They just utilize their time a teeny tiny bit differently. Neither one is better than the other. They both have their flaws. Let me tell you, but, and they also have their superpowers. Let's be real. But the, the difference mainly that, that, and results in so many people getting procrastinator, which by the way, over 58% of people who've taken the quiz, which there's almost 3000 of you have gotten procrastinator and people message me and they're like, I don't understand. 
Why have I gotten procrastinator? Procrastinators are lazy. We're going to talk about that today too, by the way. And the truth truth is procrastinators are not lazy. They're just utilizing their time doing things that are not moving them forward. Like I said, in the real, you are spending your time frantically filling it with little teeny tiny tasks that don't move you forward, tasks that feel more comfortable, tasks that feel more safe, tasks that feel more fun in the moment, rather than doing the things that are big and scary and uncomfortable and will actually move you forward. And I, again, I know this because I lived it for so long, but pretty, uh, really quickly before we dive into the deep, dark meat of this episode, I want to remind everyone tomorrow we have a procrastination masterclass. This is a masterclass that I've been asked for, for four years. And I'm so excited that we're finally doing it. And I'll go ahead and tell you, this is not procrastination as we as a society have talked about it. This is procrastination for the high achiever. This is a procrastination for masterclass for people who are like, I don't understand why I'm not achieving my goals. So if today's, basically if today's subject resonates with you, this masterclass was made for you. Let me tell you. So I'm going to be teaching you the five ways to stop procrastinating for good. This is not just like a little blanket statement of like, here's how you stop procrastinating. You just do it. I don't believe in that shit. This is science backed five different techniques that are really going to dive into the meat of why we procrastinate and also the high achievers mindset and how to utilize the strengths to, well, not procrastinate, to get shit done, to actually go after our goals in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And we're going to do exercises for each of the five things. This is something I'm really excited to be adding into the masterclass because I think it's important not to just talk at you guys for an hour. Instead, we're going to be asking questions. I'm going to be going silent for two or three minutes and having you guys physically write things out. This is not to put you on the spot. I'm not going to make you share or anything. It's more so that you take this information and personalize it and actionalize it. Sure. Actionalize it into your personal goal. Personal development is personal. So we're going to be taking a lot of these strategies and making them specific to you use, you know exactly how to go after your goal, exactly how to cultivate motivation, which is a big thing we're going to be talking about. And also to make it so that your goals aren't so big and scary anymore. Actually this morning, um, I'm recording this a week ahead of time. I sat down and I wrote out, I've had the, the outline in my head for about two years now, but I sat down and I actually physically wrote out the outline and I, I I ended up texting actually five of my friends. And I was like, you need to get into this masterclass because I think I made this for you. (laughs) Like, Not like just for them as as human beings. I've made this for this audience and I just know them and their patterns very well. So I'm really, really excited. Admission is $27 to this masterclass. It is highly interactive and you will be getting lifetime access to the replay. That's something you don't really see a lot in the personal growth and development world. And I'm really excited to be offering it to you guys because I want you to revisit this information. I want you to come back to it two months, three months, a year from now and say, okay, I'm four or five steps ahead than I was. How can I get to the next level? And this is really what this masterclass is created for. So if you're ready to never procrastinate ever again as a high achiever, go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash procrastination and you can learn more and sign up there or you can just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right to that link. So let's dive into the meat. First and foremost, I want to start with the pattern. Why this is here? Why high achievers are so, uh, I'm going to say addicted to frantically running around, filling their days with not meaningless, but but not as high priority tasks. And I, I do say frantically very um, specifically. High achievers, and I am not immune to this, they have high pride for themselves around being busy. In fact, actually back in my, um, back in my college, we, and I, I know this is not the only performing arts and I'm sure it's not the only college that does this. Um, I've heard from many different people that their college did this also. So this is not, unfortunately not unique. Um, but my college did this game. I'm going to call it in heavy air quotes around the word game where people would play the, who can be the busiest game? And here's how it went. Um, You go up to someone and you start having a conversation with them. 
Hey, so-and-so, how you doing? Oh my God. I am so busy. Oh yeah, me too. I'm insanely busy right now. Like I just came from the gym for four hours. Now I'm going to go into the practice room for three hours before my six hour um, rehearsal tonight. Oh my God. I did all of that at 6am this morning and now I'm going off to do all my homework and now, and then I'm going to work on my philanthropy project for my sorority and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. Cause I'm like physically on the verge of vomiting, but this was four years. And I actually have been talking to a lot of alums from my school just cause I'm in networking with them. And we've been talking and it's like, wow, it took me like two or three years to shed that and realize that it was toxic. And I'm no exception. I played that game when I was at school. I wasn't above it. I wasn't better than it. I played it hard and I would walk away from those conversations, beating myself up because I felt like they were one step ahead of me. And I was just going to fail because of that reason. And it was so toxic. It was so awful. And again, I know that my school was not the only one that did this. I know that my circle was not the only one that did this because I've talked to a lot of people and they're like, oh my God, my circle does that now. It's hard. But what it boils down to actually is something called significance. And you guys know, obviously what that word means in the sense of the term, but I'm going to talk about it more in the human personal development slash growth space. We have six human needs and four of them are the needs of the body and two are the needs of the spirit. This is not, uh, I almost said Waslow's. <laughs> this is not the hierarchy of needs. It's not that. This is something completely different. Um, but it talks about how we as human beings have six needs that we try to fill in some given fashion. But we tend to lean into two way more than the other six. And almost every single high achiever I talk to, significance, which is one of the six, spoiler alert, is their top need that they're trying to fill. It is the need of, I want to feel important. And by the way, it's on the six human needs for a reason. It's not bad necessarily, but I do think that there's healthy significance and unhealthy significance. And when we are in the, I'm trying to be busy, I'm trying to be the best, I'm trying to be um, more important than everyone else in the room subconsciously, maybe not consciously, maybe we don't think that logically, but subconsciously, I'm trying to be the best person in the room. If we are, or I see this, if I'm trying to go after 40,000 goals at once, significance probably has something to do with it. This is all a form of unhealthy significance because it's from a place of me as of right now, I am not enough. When I do X, then I will be enough. Or if I'm busy all the time, then I'm important, which means I'm worthy. It boils really down to all this, like I am not enough as I am. So I have to layer things or stuff to do on top of it. Now, healthy significance, just so we can talk about, and I, I'll probably do an entire episode on six human needs at some point. We'll figure that out. But um, uh, healthy significance comes from this place of, I'm already enough. It's confidence. It's pride in the things you do. It's celebrating your achievements. It's feeling like I am enough as I am. And I will also be enough when I achieve my goal. It's not this like give and take. It's this total plentiful feeling. And it's really freaking cool. But I will say a lot of the times when I do this, because there's a whole exercise attached to the six human needs. When I do this exercise with my high achievers, they're like, oh my God, I am making myself miserable by having this as my highest need. And they normally switch it to one of the other ones. Um, Probably because you guys are thinking, well, what are the other ones? I'll go through them really quickly, but I'm not going to do a whole deep dive on them. We'll do that in another episode. Um, Certainty is the first one. We have to be certain that we wake up and we don't die. That's (laughs) just being a human being. Counteract, counteractly, there we go. Um, Uncertainty is number two. We have to have variety. If we did the same thing every single day, watched the same movies, had the same breakfast, had the same dinner, talked to the same person, had the same conversation with them, we'd be miserable. So we have to have variety to shake things up. Significance, which we just talked about. Love and connection, which is almost the antithesis to significance. Significance is all about me. It's making sure I feel important. It's making sure I feel prideful. Love and connection is exactly what it sounds like feeling love and connected to other people. 
So those are the four needs of the body. The two of the spirit are growth, self-explanatory, and contribution, not just monetary. That is also in energetic contribution. I mean, sitting and meditating and just thinking about five people you want to be happy that day is actually one of the best happiness drugs I've ever had in my entire life. It's not even a drug. Obviously, it's just you sitting down thinking about five people you want to be happy and saying, I hope you have a beautiful day. You feel like you are on cloud nine after doing that for 30 seconds. It's amazing. Um, So that's really what they talk more about with contribution. So putting the six human needs away for now. Um, But if you guys want that episode, let me know and I will bump it up the list a little bit. So back to high achievers though. We love being high achievers. We have a lot of worth um, attached to work ethic. We have a lot of significance attached to our work ethic. Now, if we're really wanting to go back, like way, 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 way back, a lot of this stems from we got praised when we were younger for doing a good job, for getting straight A's, for getting the lead in the school play, for... um, uh, getting uh, a solo inquire. And that's when we felt like we were getting our parent or guardian's full undivided attention, which attention when we were babies was linked to survival. If we did not have attention from the person taking care of us, we would die. We could not feed ourselves. We could not change ourselves. We couldn't bathe ourselves when we were babies. So having attention, our brain links to, oh, if I have attention, I survive. So if we're growing up and up and up and we get attention for being the best, for being good, for being a high achiever, our brain is going to start craving it almost like a drug because it releases so much dopamine and other different chemicals, but dopamine is the main one. It releases so much dopamine when we get that praise. So there's so much science behind this. And I like to highlight it because at least for me and my clients, when we talk about this, it's like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. This is just how my brain learned to survive. It's how my brain learned to keep going. So a lot of the reasons why we fill our days with so much busy work, which is a lot of procrastination, a lot of what we do with that is because that being busy meant that we were important. Being important meant we got attention. Getting attention meant we got to keep surviving and that we got our significance meter filled. There's so much behind this. And I'm going really, really, really wide scope here. Yours might be just a tiny bit different. So know that again, personal development is always personal. So just remember that. But if we're going really wide scope and the more general majority here, that tends to be the pattern. Um, when we're filling our days though, I want to get back into this. We tend to fill it with a bunch of things like, I mean, also when I say fill it with a bunch of things, you don't have to be doing things 24 seven, but you just have to be thinking about doing the things that you want to do 24 seven that fulfills this procrastinating need as well, by the way, but we tend to fill it with a bunch of things that are a the tasks that aren't actually going to move us forward. So for example, let's say I need to send out an email to someone who's going to, I mean, this is something I do in my business very, very often. I want to send an email to a potential collaborator and pitch myself to be a speaker at their event. Um, And for a long time, that scared the crap out of me. (laughs) So the idea of pitching myself to be a paid speaker for someone's event was like, oh my God, how am I going to, like, I can't do that. So instead, I'm going to clean my office. I'm going to clean out my email. I'm going to scroll through Instagram and do, air quotes, research about what type of posts I want to be posting next week. I would fill my days with easier tasks that were more comfortable. And I've done a million times before. So my brain views them as safe. If I've done something 40,000 times, my brain's like, I know you can do that without dying. Congratulations. This is a safe, comfortable task. If this is something that's totally, completely new, my brain might say, wow, that's uncomfortable. Outside of your comfort zone equals it might kill you. So, you know, step away. Let's just, let's just not do it. So while we logically might not be in this, okay, should I do the things that are safe and going to keep me surviving? Or should I do the things that are going to make me think I'm dying? We're not thinking that logically, 
we're thinking, you know what? My desk is messy. So I'm going to go do that. I'll do this tomorrow when I feel more motivated. Now, here's a second thing we can also do. And sometimes it can go in tandem and sometimes it can go totally separately. But we can also get to the end of our day and give ourselves zero credit for all the things we did do. So let's say I filled my day with um, cleaning off my desk. I, I, I've cleaned out my email. I went to the gym. I, um, what are others? I called my sister. I did a bunch of different, very safe tasks for me. And then I get to the end of the day and my brain literally deletes all those tasks and only focuses on the ones that I did not do. You did not pitch yourself to that speaking position. So you didn't do anything today. And it's like, wait, I did. Technically, I did a lot today. But our brain doesn't view those because it's staring at the one thing or three things or sometimes 40,000 things that are actually going to move us forward that we didn't do that day. And then we beat ourselves up for it. It is this never-ending spiral unless we become aware of it and change it, which congratulations, we're going to do in this episode. But it, it can be exhausting. So when we're filling our days with a bunch of things, we're not only hurting ourselves in that moment by not going after the things that's actually going to move us forward and actually make us feel proud, but we're instead filling our days with a bunch of things that later our brain's just going to delete and beat ourselves up for the one to 40,000 things that we did not do that are actually going to move us forward. I hope this is making sense because this is some big kahuna stuff. So this really all boils down this this need to avoid a big task and do a bunch of little tasks that are safer. It all boils down to one thing. And I'm sure none of you guys are surprised. That thing is fear. It is fear of failing. It is fear of not knowing what to do. It's fear of forgetting that you can look things up. This one sounds weird. I want to talk it out for a second. I've talked to people sometimes where they're like, I just don't know how let's do a really, um, simple thing that most of us know how to do. I don't know how to post a YouTube video. I I have no idea how to do that. Um, I, I, I just don't know. So I'm going to clean my desk instead. And it's like, why don't you Google it? Hmm? And we're like, oh, that's right. I can go. We are in a world. Thank God. We are in a world that we can look things up at the drop of a hat. We have more information than ever before, which by the way, sometimes can lead to overwhelm, which is a different form of procrastination. Um, But it, it really all just boils down to this fact that we can sit here and look something up and look up the step-by-steps of how to do it. I can Google how to post a YouTube video. Probably the third or fourth thing is going to be a step-by-step process, or maybe even the first thing, I don't know, is going to be a step-by-step process of exactly how to post a YouTube video. And probably it's a YouTube video about how to post a YouTube video. When I was first starting my business, I forgot that I could look things up all the time. I made the excuse of, I don't know how to do email marketing. I don't know how to um, create a social media strategy. I don't know how to get clients. I don't know how to da 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 But me just saying, I don't know how to do it. Then my brain was like, okay, you don't know how to do it. So we don't have to do anything about it. Instead, I started saying, when I learned about this stuff, I started saying, okay, what if I looked it up? Let me Google how to create a social media strategy. And I watched a few videos. I looked at a few blogs. I read a few articles. And the next thing I know, my social media game was way different. Now, I don't think social media is exactly what everyone should be spending their time on. But for me at the time, that was a big goal of mine was to understand and feel like I was in the driver's seat behind social media, because to be honest, I didn't like it very much at the time. Now I have a very different relationship with it, but it's also this fear. So that's really the fear of looking things up. We forget that we're allowed to do that. So stepping off my high horse, we also forget that we're allowed to ask for help or be a beginner. And sometimes the fear of being a beginner is a really big reason why we procrastinate. If we forget that we're allowed to be a beginner and we just think that I have to be the perfect, most master uh, book writer on my very first try of writing a book, you're never going to sit down and write the first chapter ever because that metric is way too high. 
If you instead say, I'm allowed to create a first draft, let me write that, that, let me write that, you're going to have a very different experience. You might not feel so anxious or stressed and overwhelmed about it. So I have been, I've, to be honest, I've been doing this all throughout my life. This, I'm a super high achiever, but I'm doing all the things that aren't actually moving my myself forward. Um, but I got to call myself busy. So I got to feel really good about myself at the time. And now actually, um, I was listening to a book. This is one of my favorite books coming. Um, we're going to talk about it in a second, but um, I feel like we should talk about it right now too. There's a book I'm reading right now called Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I know a lot of people pick up book suggestions that I mentioned on the podcast, which I'm very flattered by. This is a behemoth <laughs> and it is a very dry, um, very, just, I, I really recommend reading it only, only, only if you have mastered getting out of the all or nothing mindset. I, I, it is just a whole book of a bunch of different Titans, quote unquote, in areas of health, wealth and wisdom. And it's all of the things that they use to be the Titans that they are. So different um, exercises, different uh, journals, different people that they've listened to, uh, who they think is successful, all this kind of stuff. And it's very, it's a very formatted book. It's very similar in that formatting all the way through. And I love it. It's really interesting, but I do not recommend it for people who don't have all or nothing getting out of all or nothing down yet, because it is very contradictory. It is people who are the extremes, extremes of their fields. And if you try to do everything in this book, you will not succeed very well. So I love this book. It's really, really great, but just wanted to give that disclaimer. Um, but one of the things I'm, I, I read in the book recently was someone was being interviewed. I unfortunately don't remember who it was, but they were saying how if they are busy then they know they're doing something wrong. And I stopped and I was like, fuck, I love that. If I am busy, I'm doing something wrong. Because if I'm busy, I'm not doing the big, scary things that are moving me forward. And here's why. When I'm focusing my time and energy on those big, scary things that are moving me forward, I get to my goal in like 10%, 10, 10%. I get to my goal in like a like oodles and oodles and oodles faster than I would if I was being busy. If I'm just being busy for the sake of being busy, I'm bringing myself to burnout, which I know from firsthand experience, that is not something I ever want to do again. Now, are we going to have busy seasons? Of course, but that's normally a result of me saying yes to too many projects or me, um, putting things or me procrastinating and putting things off. I haven't procrastinated in years though, but, um, it really, it, it, it really was a cool twist on it where it's like, if I'm busy, then I'm not living my life the way that I want to. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that's good. So I wanted to throw that in here. So, um, but some examples way back when, when I was back in school, I knew the things that I needed to do to graduate. A lot of you know my story, but if you don't, here's a quick reader's digest version of it. I went to one of the best musical theater performing arts schools in the entire nation. I am an overachiever. Can you shockingly be surprised? Um, and when I got there, my perfectionism was so bad that I was so overwhelmed and I would procrastinate on things like rehearsing and practicing my songs and playing piano, which I had been doing for 13 years at the time. Um, I was procrastinating on all these different things that would actually move me forward. And it got to the point where it was so bad that my teacher had to sit me down. My voice teacher had to sit me down and say, Hey, your confidence is so low as a result of not working on shit for so long and beating myself up for it, that you can't graduate unless you basically perform a miracle. And he said it much, much, much kinder. He's a wonderful man. And I admire him so much for having to have that conversation with me. I cannot imagine how difficult that must have been for him. Um, but I immediately called my dad, who's a life coach. And I was like, dude, <laughs> help. <laughs> like, 
I need to ask for help. This is like my, I, I can't lose out on my dream. I need to start implementing these techniques that I've been learning my entire life. I've been in the personal development world since I was pre-born. And um, my dad was like, okay, fine. And so I stopped procrastinating. I started going to the um, uh, practice rooms. I started chunking things down. This was the big thing. Instead of saying, okay, I need to go to the practice room seven hours a day, which yes, I was literally saying that to myself, which is ridiculous. I instead said, what if I go for 30 minutes? What happens if just each day I do 30 minutes and that changed? I'm pretty sure that thing alone changed my, the trajectory of my, um, my college career. Um, I also started, uh, I started chunking things down. I also started practicing, um, state changes, which, um, really quick is, is just physicality, language, and focus changes. I was focusing on all the things that were super scary and super overwhelming and why I wasn't enough. I was using really negative language. You're not going to amount to anything. You're a failure. You're going to be terrible. Like no one wants to hire you, all that kind of stuff. And my physicality as a result of those two things was my shoulders were slumped. My head was down. I was small. I was quiet which is weird. I I was a very quiet person in some scenarios when I was drunk, however, which I was most of the time because I was running away from my problems. I was not. I was the only time that I felt like I could like be loud and be proud. So as a result, I started playing around with those three things. I started putting my shoulders back. I started holding my head higher. I started um, changing my language saying, what if I tried this out and it sounded good? Like I would start changing my focus to, um, being able to sing a high note and it come out effortlessly. And through a lot of those things that it wildly changed everything about it, but I was able to stop procrastinating and really, really, really zero in and not only did I graduate cum laude, but I'm actually asked back to that university now to give masterclasses on perfectionism. Like, I think that is the coolest full circle thing ever. Now, I'm, I'm sharing this example because I want you all to see how even in moments where I was like, I'm such a high achiever, I'm at the best school in, in I'm at one of the best schools in the world. I'm really good at what I do. I'm, um, you know, I'm always busy. I'm always, you know, going to class. I'm always doing X, Y, or Z. I was a really good student in like physical classes. I was really good at studying, but I was procrastinating on all the things that were actually going to move me forward in my career. And it, it, it nearly cost me my dream at the time. And I'm so glad I was able to call on my resources, but I also recommend, or I also recognize that not everyone has a life coach for a dad. <laughs> like, so that's hence why we're recording this episode. So, um, I want to do a step-by-step five, like I mentioned it earlier in the episode, five steps I took to really get out of this pattern. And I'm going to go ahead and say, first and foremost, if you are not planning on coming to the masterclass and you are being called out in this episode, please rethink. I, I'm making this masterclass for you in this. I, I I have dealt with this exact thing. And if you were struggling with this or have struggled with this and it's still ruminating, please, this is for you. I, w- I would love for you to come um, because I, I know that these tools will change your life. And I don't say that melodramatically. I say that because I've seen it firsthand through myself, through my clients, through everything. And so please, 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 if you are able to make it live, do so. If not, still sign up and just watch the replay. You get lifetime access to it. So I want to bump that up to the top because we're obviously doing an hour of the masterclass. I can't go into that full of detail on this podcast episode. So please, 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 if you're wanting to get that personalized questions, exercises, deep dives into each of these subjects, come to the masterclass. Okay. Stepping off my high horse, but I do want to go into what are the five things that I did to break myself out of this pattern. And that was number one. I recognized that I was procrastinating. I called a spade a spade and I said, okay, Nicole, you're procrastinating right now. I didn't say, oh, you're just busy, but let's just be busy with other things. Like I didn't dance around it. I called myself out and I realized that this sounds silly, but you cannot change anything that you are not aware of period. 
you have to become aware of a pattern in order to change it. Now, I do see this all the time, especially for perfectionists, when they become aware of their patterns, and I was very similar in these scenarios, you get angry. You feel guilty. How could I do this? I wasted so much time. I wasted so much energy, yada, yada, yada. And to be honest, that's not helpful at all. It's natural. I get it. But here's what, here's at least how I pull myself out of that. Cause I went down a dark path <laughs> for a minute and it was really, 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 um, shaming myself. I was, I was furious at myself, but then I stopped and I, I like, literally, I think I was in the practice room. I stopped. I looked at myself in the mirror. I had like tears running down my cheeks. And I said, okay, is this helping me? <laughs> and I said, no, this is just keeping me stuck. This is just keeping me safe. This is just another form of me holding myself back. It's just a lot messier and more tears now. So I said, okay. This is not helping me. So can I forgive myself and move the fuck on? And thank God the answer was yes to that. It took a few tries. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I I focused on not just moving on. I focused on that first step, which was forgive. So really it is recognize that you're procrastinating and forgive yourself for doing so. You're a human. You are default You are literally focusing on your default programming. Don't do things that are uncertain and scary and out of your comfort zone. Do things that are certain, not scary, and in your comfort zone. That is default human programming. So forgive yourself for being a fucking human and allow yourself to move on, which is number two. I did a quick audit of my goals. So I'm going to actually bump ahead to a time that I was um, procrastinating in my business Um, because I think that this makes more sense here. I was working on all the things in my business. And I, I, I mean, frantically working. I was working so many hours a day. I was working three day jobs. I was, (laughs) I was, um, at my serving job. I was working at a rooftop restaurant slash bar slash pool in downtown Chicago, um, that I'd be there till like one or two in the morning until finally I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, but I would go into the bathroom in during my shift, (laughs) go to the bathroom during my shift and post on Instagram. And, um, uh, I had like savings of stories or recordings that I had or had done earlier that day. And I posted them then and like did the captions and all that. Cause I was pre captions on Instagram stories. God, so many hours. Um, but like I would spend my time doing all of that. And I thought that just posting on Instagram was the way that I would get my business going. And I'm so sorry. That's not fucking real. It's not real. And it took a really big slap in the face for me to get that. And that was, I was working in my business for over a year. And I was like, why isn't anything working? It's because I was doing all the things that were easy and comfortable. Posting on Instagram for me was easy and comfortable. Um, uh, that was really it. That was all I was doing at the time. Um, I wasn't reaching out to people. I wasn't pitching myself to be on podcasts. I wasn't even thinking about podcasts. I didn't have mine. I think I was just starting mine at the time. Um, but I did a quick audit of my goals. I said, okay, I want to have a booked out roster. I want to have a podcast. I want to be full-time in my business. And I want, um, gosh, well, I can't remember the other things, but then I said, okay, Wow. Oh, I, oh, because also at the time, um, I wanted to be a uh, big, big time speaker. I also wanted to be featured on like huge platforms. I wanted um, a big community on social media. Oh, I also wanted to be running a marathon. <laughs> like, I like did a huge audit. I was like, okay, write down every goal you have right now. And I was trying to achieve way too many things. It was exhausting. It was overwhelming. I had the weight of 50 goals on my shoulders at all times. And so instead I looked at this and I said, okay, wow. (laughs) What's one goal that I can focus on right now? 
because odds are one of these goals will lead to another, will lead to another, will lead to another. And this is where I was really originally wanting to talk about tools of Titans because in the book, they have a section all about short-term and long-term thinking. Short-term thinking is really common among people who are trying to do 40,000 goals at once because they feel like if they don't do them all right now, they will never get to do them. It's all about if I don't do this now, then dot, dot, dot. And it's this urgent stress, anxiety, frantic energy that's surrounding you constantly because you're trying to do 50 million things at once. And by the way, if you're procrastinating on those things and you're not doing any of them because it's hella overwhelming, of course, then you're beating yourself up for it. So that's short-term thinking. Long-term thinking, however, is saying, okay, I have my whole life ahead of me. I can do all of these things. Which do I want to do first? And I don't know about you. That's amazing. (laughs) And here's the fun, really twisted part of it. If you start thinking as a long-term thinker, you will achieve those goals so much faster. If you are devoting your time and energy, not all of it, we're not in all or nothing thinking, just your goal setting time and energy to one goal versus 50, you're going to achieve that one goal a lot faster because you're devoting more time and energy into it. By the way, if you devote it to 50, you're spreading yourself way too thin. Your brain feels like it's making no progress. So you beat yourself up and you will probably quit before you achieve any of them. I'm sorry. I've seen this time and time and time again. So I did a quick audit of my goals and I said, wow, that's way too much. What's the one I want to devote my time and energy into? And that was having a full roster of clients slash going full-time. That was really, it's the same thing in, in where I was. So I looked at that and I said, okay, what are the big tasks that I am avoiding that are going to get me towards that goal? And I'll be honest, I didn't know what they were. I had no idea. So what did I do? I did not sit there and continue doing what I was doing prior that was not working and just double down on it. I hired someone. I called up my friend, not friend. She was my friend in my head because I've been listening to her podcast for years. But I called up who became my coach, Delaney Fisher. She's been on this podcast. She was my coach for two and a half years. I called her up and I said, I need you. She quadrupled her price since I originally was thinking about coaching with her. But I bit the bullet and I said, this is going to get me to where I want to go. Six months later, I was full-time. I had a booked out roster and it was awesome. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, but she helped me look at what are the big things that are actually going to move me forward? And I didn't know what they were on my own, but by working with her, I was able to utilize the tools that she has learned through her coaching, through her mentoring, through everything. And I was utilizing those tools that she was teaching me. And I went mega full-time really quickly. So then I asked myself, what, and when I was thinking about like, okay, what are the big things that are actually going to be move me forward? Some of the big things at the time were reaching out to people and offering them a call with me or um, saying, hey, I know you're really you're really uh, struggling with this perfectionism thing. I'm a coach for perfectionists. How can I help you? It was directly reaching out to people, which, by the way, was so scary at first, which brings me to number four. I then asked myself, why am I afraid to do this? Why am I procrastinating on this basically? Because I'm not going to lie. After I started working with Delaney, there was like two weeks where I like breathed into a paper bag and I was like, I can't do this. I can't reach out to people. I'm so afraid. I'm procrastinating so hard. And then she chewed my ass out on the next call and I never did it again with love, with so much love. She was not mean about it. She was just um, a very good coach in the moment. Let's just say it that way. But I, um, it just brings me back. That was so funny. Um, but I then looked at my, what I was doing and I was like, okay, why am I afraid to reach out to people? And I was like, oh, I'm afraid because what if they reject me? And my brain stopped there. If they reject you, you, no, you can't do that. 
And I was like, okay, but what, what if they reject me? And then I was like, oh, well, I say, thanks so much. No problem. And I move on to a next person. Or I change my approach. Or I say, okay, well, that person wasn't my ideal client. So maybe I wasn't meant to work with them anyway. Basically, I reminded my brain that if you go after this goal with this particular action plan, you won't die. You will actually be so okay. And by reminding myself, because remember, out of our comfort zone, in our default survival brain programming, out of our comfort zone equals we might not survive. Or if we're really wanting to go back into the, the really meat of this, imagine way, 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 way back when, when we were in caves, in tribes, if we went out of the campsite, which let's think the campsite is the comfort zone. If we went out of the campsite by ourselves, what could happen? A saber-toothed tiger could be right there in our face and we would be dead. Now, we're just a bunch of that type of thinking in modern day bodies. So my brain said, well, if I go out of my comfort zone, dead, saber-toothed tiger. But then I asked it, I was like, will I really encounter a saber-toothed tiger? Probably not. So I instead dissected it. What would happen if I get rejected? What would go wrong? If I looked stupid, which was a really big one for me, what would happen? Oh my God, I would look stupid. I'd probably cry for 20 minutes. I'd call my mom. She'd give me a kick in the ass. And I'd be back on my merry way. Maybe I'd need a night, but I would start up again the next day. Which, by the way, I want to talk about this for a second. A lot of people are like, well, if I just keep going and keep going and keep going, then like I become an emotionless robot. And it's like, you're allowed 90 seconds. You're allowed 90 minutes to just cry your eyes out. I think that the the fact of like, oh no, change your, like change your state, get positive is so annoying. <laughs> like you're a human, let yourself feel like a human for a second. Cry, bitch, moan, throw yourself the biggest pity party you've ever known to man and then get off your ass and keep going. Like, but don't forget that middle part. That's a very important middle part. So if I got a rejection, if I got someone telling me that, oh my God, how, how dare you offer me a a call? How dare you do this? You're a sick human being, which by the way, no one fucking did ever. I've had some trolls on the internet. Don't get me wrong, but no one did that when I reached out to them. In fact, so many more people said, oh my God, I've been following you for a while. I'm really excited. Yes. I would love to have a call with you. So, which brings me to the second part of part four, which is what we're on. I asked myself, okay, what's the worst case scenario? And then I asked myself, what's the best? So we got the worst case scenario. I get rejected. I get turned down. I get whatever. I will look stupid. I'll cry. And then I'll be back on my merry way. What's the best case scenario? Oh, my dream would come true. Hmm. Which do you think I chose? But I think this is a really important part to ask ourselves. Because if we just focus on what's the worst case scenario that could happen, our brain could blow it up, make it really big. So I think it's important to instead say, okay, what's the best case scenario? And more often than not, it's some version of my dream would come true. And when we understand that, our dream becomes way more important than our fear. And... I can't tell you, I, I mean, first of all, I can't tell you how cheesy this sounds, but I can't also tell you how true it is. I live in my dreams so much more than I live in my fear now. And I think it's one of the reasons why I achieve big goals quickly and why if I haven't achieved them yet, I still get back up and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. Because I live in my dreams so much more than I live in my fear. This is not how it always was. So I want to be very clear. If you are in living in your fear a lot more than living in your dreams now, you're not broken. You're not 
destined for failure forever. That's just the pattern you've been in. You can change it. Our brains are programmed to change. There's this beautiful thing called neuroplasticity. That is our brain's version of Play-Doh. It's constantly shaping. It's constantly changing. Use it. God, please. Number five, I caught myself when I was wanting to procrastinate. I was not a flip of the switch doing these four steps and then like, I'm happy guru pants. I never procrastinate ever again. For the first few months, especially the first few months, I'd even go up to say the first year, I would catch myself all the time wanting to procrastinate. And sometimes I'd catch myself right before I started doing an easier task. And sometimes I'd catch myself in the middle of it. Like maybe I'm cleaning my desk. And sometimes I would catch myself like way later that day. (laughs) Like I'm sitting down for dinner with my partner and I'm like, oh, (laughs) and you know, I went back to those old patterns for a second where I beat myself up. I'd, I'd only look at the things that I didn't do that day that were big and scary. And I'd say, oh, you suck. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. They'd say, wait, we know this game. No. Why am I scared to do this? And I would just repeat step four. And normally the next day I would do it. Sometimes I needed a few kick in the pants. But after a while, I would start doing it. Now, getting out of my comfort zone feels very second nature to me. Um, But it took a few years. Took a few years for me to get here. I love getting out of my comfort zone. It's actually a very cool high now. But there are still some times where something is so far out of my comfort zone where I'm like, oh, oh God, that's scary. And I feel myself wanting to procrastinate. And then I say, no. This will get you towards your goal. Your dreams are bigger than your fear. Do it. And it feels so much better. Also, I have see, I like we talked about this a lot when we were doing um like podcast episodes around productivity and stuff like that. But I also freed up so much of my time by simply just doing the big shit that would move me forward rather than the little shit that was holding me back. I opened up so much time. And in fact, it's 12:43 my time on a Wednesday. I'm done after this. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to go hang out. I might go read by the pool. I'm not sure. But because of these tools, I've been able to do that. And it's fantastic. I love it. It's great. Now, what does this look like now? Because that was what it looked like then, which I, I, I hope you all wrote down those five steps. What this looks like now, though, is... Now, again, I'm so used to getting out of my comfort zone. So I do my big, scary stuff first thing in the morning. Um, We've talked a lot on this podcast about prime hours. And we're actually going to do a whole episode devoted to it pretty soon because I think it's very important. Um, But my prime hours, the hours that I'm most focused, most on, most daredevil-y, they're in the morning, like early, (laughs) like 7 or 6 a.m. early. So I do my big, scary things during that time, because I'm the most focused. And by the way, I love, there is nothing that feels better to me than, which we'll talk about this in a second, but there's nothing that feels better than to me than finishing my big, scary tasks by like 10 AM. Cause then I just get to kind of like do the smaller things that need to get done throughout the day after that. And kind of have my brain go like, ah, Good job. But that's just me. My prime hours are really early in the morning. I have a client right now whose prime hours are really late at night. So her schedule looks a little bit different than mine. And that's totally fine. Now, I do, like I mentioned a second ago, I do the easier, quote unquote, stuff in the afternoon, the stuff that um, requires a little bit less of my like heavy focus or my heavy um, guts at the time. Um, And then this is really important. And (laughs) story about this in a second. Um, I only work on one goal at a time. I am a major long-term thinker now, as opposed to that short-term thinking where I have to do all of these right now because I'll never get the chance to do them all ever. I now say, okay, what's the one thing that I want to do right now? Cool. I'm going to focus on that. Sometimes I even say, what's the one big goal I want to do right now? What's one little goal that's going to get me there? Okay, great. I'm going to work on that this week or for the next two weeks or something like that. Um, 
small side story. Uh, a few weeks ago, Brett and I had this app uh, called Paired on our phone, um, which I think we mentioned. I think I mentioned in Nicole's favorite things. I'm not sure, but um, it's this app that asks you and your partner a question every single day, and you answer it. And only when both of you have answered it do you get to see each other's answers. And one time, the question was: Describe your partner's work in four words. And Brett's were do one thing, do just, no, just do one thing or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's so real. Um, Now, this is also a really cool hack. And I highly recommend you guys checking this out um, or starting this. It's really simple. I have a running list of, oh, that's an idea. This my, oh, that's an idea list. Cause as I'm going through, I'm doing like bigger, scarier things, or I'm doing more focus heavy tasks. I have an idea that's like, oh, oh, that's an idea. And I'll write it down on this list. And sometimes I see this a lot and I experience this a lot. Sometimes I'll have an, oh, that's an idea. And then I'll be like, okay, but do it now. Like go, 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 go. You have to do it right now. It's urgent. I've trained myself, thank God, to kind of like be like, it's not, hold on. <laughs> like, and I write it down on my, oh, that's an idea list. And then I revisit it later and I ask myself, is this something that actually needs to be done now? When I've had some time to detach myself from the idea, sometimes I look back on it and I'm like, oh, that's not an idea. <laughs> like, that's not an idea we should do. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. You know what? That might be a great idea like four or five months from now. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Where do I have some time in my week to implement this? This sounds like a great, this sounds like a great thing. So depending on the size of it, obviously, but I also have that running. And I think that that's important to talk about right here because a lot of the times my, oh, that's an ideas are actually just versions of the scare, the, the simpler, easier tasks that I feel like I have to do right then. Um, like, um, oh my gosh. I have this great new recipe to try. That's an idea. And it's like, wait, I'm working on something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone right now. Is this me just trying to procrastinate? So I write it down on my, oh, that's an idea list. And then sometimes I'll look back on it and be like, nice try. (laughs) Like, good job, Nicole. Um, So I really recommend checking that out. But I hope that this was helpful. Um, And I hope that this shows you guys that even as a high achiever, you can master procrastination. And by master, I mean master not procrastinating. And and I hope it rec- I hope you recognize that you also do procrastinate. Like, and I I I get it. It's kind of a weird thing because it's like, well, I'm a high achiever. That means I'm constantly doing the best things. But a lot of the times it's not. A lot of the times it's just 40 different goals trying to demand your attention and you're procrastinating on all of them, or you're procrastinating on the big things to actually get you towards one of them. Like it, it can really just play a whole different game. So that's why, again, I really recommend coming to the masterclass. I would love to see you guys there mainly because I believe in this lesson so much and the power of what it holds. So again, if you go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash procrastination, you can sign up right there. Um, and if you have any questions, let me know. I'm happy to answer them. Let's dive into some segments, shall we, before we wrap up the episode. First and foremost, how was I imperfect this week? Oh boy. Okay. So yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something new with my schedule. Um, Things have been feeling a little bit stale, a little bit repetitive. So I was like, okay, let's try something new. I'm going to uh, do a long learning session in the morning. So I'm reading a book right now. I did a lot of journaling with the book for like an hour and a half and it was just a lot. Um, and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to take my time there. I'm going to go to the spa part of the gym afterwards. My gym's bougie and I love it. And then I finally got home and it was like, you know, 1130 and reminder, I wake up very early. Um, and it was like 1130 and I, panicked, panicked. I was beating myself up. I was freaking out. I was like, Oh my, it's 11. You haven't done anything today. By the way, I had, I just was labeling it. You hadn't done anything. And I spent the rest of the afternoon rather than utilizing the tools that I knew would get me into focus and flow rather than utilizing the um, things that I actually enjoyed doing. I beat myself up so hard that 
I only got done like maybe half of what I was wanting to because I was just, I can't focus. I can't do this. And so I'm more saying the way that I was imperfect was how I handled it. I handled it like a perfectionist. So I'm imperfectly perfect. Um, I'll figure that out. But I handled it just like perfectionist Nicole would. And it was gross. I hated it. I, I, Brett came upstairs uh, later on that evening and I was like sitting there just staring at my computer and he was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, I am terrible. Like I haven't done anything today. Yada, yada, yada. And he was like, stop. Tell me the things that you have done today. Cause I, you have done things. And he listed off five things. And I was like, oh, I, you're okay. You're right. I have done things today. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you have. So like, stop it. So I was able to look back at it later on that day and be like, okay, things that we learned today. I don't work well off that type of schedule. Amazing. I now know that. That is piece of information and data that I can use going forward to make me a happier version of me. And I, I really want to highlight this because I could have easily been like, I'm terrible. I can't go to the gym in the morning because I don't know. Not... And that would have done nobody any good. I instead had my bitch and whine and cry moment. And then I said, okay, what did I learn today? I learned that this type of schedule does not work for me. So today I went back to a different, or my old schedule, I, old doesn't really seem right. I went back to the schedule that I've been used to. And again, it's 1251 and I'm almost done for the day. And I feel on fire, on fire. So it's like, okay, I now know what works for me and what doesn't. And I count that as a win, even though my brain wanted to say, you wasted a day. I didn't. So that's a reminder for you guys to do that as well. Goal to celebrate. I thought I had shared this before, but I don't think I have. Um, because I realized the last time I recorded a solo episode was a minute ago. My fiance and I are moving. I am so excited. Um, maybe I had to share this. this. Sounds familiar. Well, if not, I'm sharing it again because this is a big win. Um, we are moving to a different place in Colorado, and I'm so 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 excited. Our apartment is beautiful. I don't know how else to say it. It's it's a dream apartment that we both looked at and we were like, this is next level us. And we're really excited for it. And um, now comes the part where it's like decorating because a lot of our furniture in Chicago, um, we've been at more of like a temporary place that had furniture at it. Um, so our place in Chicago, we sold all of our furniture or gave it away because a lot of it was like post- college type furniture. We had a futon that was terrible. God, I hated it so much. And now it's like, wow, we actually get to like buy stuff that feels really good and feels really fresh and, and us and aesthetic. Cause we're both very aesthetic people. So I'm really excited. I will give you guys a tour when we get to the point I'm decorating an office. And let me tell you, it is going to look so good. So while we don't move until mid-October, it's still something that we're really, really excited about because it's a huge goal that we've been working towards. So yay. Um, that's it for the day, guys. Remember, join the masterclass. I'm going to hound it again because I'm talking to a bunch of procrastinators. <laughs> but seriously, if today's episode was helpful, I this, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to be going way deeper in the masterclass. So please, please, please join us again, life coach Baker forward slash procrastination. It's tomorrow. I really hope to see you guys there. Also, I might leave the cart open for a few days after because I'm giving you again, access for the replay. So if, even if you're listening to this a few days after go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash procrastinate, <laughs> go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash procrastination. And I will give you guys the replay just so you, you have it for life. Um, also, if you have not, please rate and review the podcast. I cannot tell you how helpful it is when it comes to bumping the show up the charts and getting more people to listen to it, to find it. Someone told me recently that they typed Life Coach into their Apple podcast, and this was the first one that came up, and I cried. <laughs> so, so if you have already written a review and clicked that five-star button. It is 
the biggest hug. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have not, please, please, please write a review, share it on social, share it with a friend. You can text one friend. I guarantee you, you can text one friend right now who has been a high achieving procrastinator in the past, or maybe is doing it right now. Maybe you're procrastinating by texting a higher friend, but that is totally fine. Uh, But please send that to a friend and be like, Hey, check this podcast out. It's really good. I hope. I hope you don't text like, this is trash. Listen to it. (laughs) Okay. We're getting silly. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also, take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus, you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.